The Ending Stretch is proudly presented by Printer Dudes. Printer Dudes is your one-stop shop for unique 3D-printed gifts and collectibles. From ducks to dinosaurs and everything in between, Printer Dudes has it all. Head on over to printerdudes.etsy.com and use promo code HOMERUN, that's one word, to save 10% off your first order. That's Printer Dudes, D-O-O-D-S, the best 3D-printed collectibles this side of home plate. Welcome to the 8th Inning Stretch, your source for no-nonsense, unfiltered baseball talk. And now, let's play ball! Hey everybody, welcome into the 8th Inning Stretch with AJ and Carson. Uh, Carson, boy oh boy, do we have a jam-packed episode today. What's up, AJ? What's up, everybody? Yeah, I'm going to try and keep this short and sweet because it literally seems like every single baseball news story decided to wait until this week to happen. There was so much going on, firings and extensions and so much crazy stuff to get into. Uh, Yeah, so uh, we took the weekend off, honestly. Obviously, you know, we didn't do an episode on Monday. I was off uh, camping for a couple of days with friends in the beautiful Rocky mountains here in Colorado. Um, but I doesn't look like I missed much. Um, like Carson said, everything just kind of broke, uh, kind of simultaneously. Um, and a couple of the, um, a couple of the big stories we've, uh, I, I put up, uh, polls on our Twitter page, which by the way, you can find at a thinning pod. Um, the first one, uh, the Phillies fired Joe Girardi, so we asked, uh, you know, do you agree or disagree with the Phillies firing Joe Girardi? And this one, Carson, I have to admit, this one was a little, well, the result wasn't what I expected, and it was closer than I thought it would be. Um, 56% of our fans agree, 44% disagree. Um, so was firing Girardi the right move for the Phillies? I am 100% with the 56%. I agree that firing Girardi was the right move. Uh, Something obviously wasn't working in Philly. Um, I mean, when you have, I believe this year, Philadelphia has one of the top five payrolls in baseball. They were very aggressive in the offseason. You know, they've uh, added Kyle Schwarber, among others. And you, you already have Bryce Harper there, Didi Gregorius, a solid core of hitters, solid pitching core. You know, when you when you have that high of a payroll and you're as aggressive in the offseason as they were, that's going to create a want to win and more of a winning culture. And the Phillies were, for whatever reason, struggling this season under Girardi and a change needed to be made. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously the, obviously the Phillies have been a, a, have been a big disappointment. Uh, you know, they're two games under 500. They're, uh, nine and a half games out of first in the, in the NL East. Um, I mean, that's, uh, 
that's not saying much considering the Mets are just running away with that division. But still, um, yeah, I have to admit when I first heard about when I first heard the news about the Phillies firing Joe Girardi, uh, I was a little I was a little skeptical. I was a little um, I wasn't crazy about it the about the move at first, but um, I've I've since kind of come around. Um, but Carson and I think I think you and I talked about this a little bit. Um, clearly, Joe Girardi wasn't the isn't the only thing wrong in Philly. Oh no, absolutely not. Yeah, I, I suppose I should have preled this by saying this is not this is definitely not on all on Joe Girardi. Like, are there are there bits and pieces that Girardi is accountable for? Absolutely, as the manager, unfortunately you're going to take the brunt of a lot of the issues that are happening. And I think that's just kind of the case here. There were certainly a lot of things that Joe Girardi did wrong, but there were also a lot of things Joe Girardi did right. And it was, you know, he had even said, I believe on uh, MLB network radio, not too like not too long after he had gotten fired that I believe the team at that point was three and seven or something like that in their last 10. And he basically said, you know, that's going to fall on me as the manager. So I think he kind of understood and maybe even saw this coming, but yeah, this is not, this is absolutely not all on Joe Girardi. Yeah. I just, I think sometimes, and I mean, obviously, a, a obviously a head coach or a manager, you know, depending on the sport you're talking about, obviously they bear, um, you know, the majority of the responsibility of, you know, when, when the team is underperforming. Um, and although I will admit, sometimes I think sometimes teams are too quick. Uh, teams are too quick to fire a coach or a manager and they end up, uh, uh, the coach or the manager gets fired and ends up being, come, ends up being a scapegoat, um, you know, for other issues within the organization. That said, I, I really don't think this is the case with um, with Girardi. And as much as it as much as it sucks, as and as much as I hate to see him, um, you know, fired from Philly, because I I really thought that that could that's that situation could work out for for Joe Girardi and the Phillies. Um, but Carson, I don't think it's crazy to say that Joe Girardi is going to catch on somewhere else. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, Joe Girardi can do, you know, he's still one of the best, one of the best managers in the past couple decades and probably all time. Um, I mean, he led so many good Yankees teams and, you know, even if he decides to do kind of what he did after he was, he is, was fired from the Yankees and go talk about baseball. I could listen to Joe Girardi personally talk about baseball all day long. Like I got, I got a chance to kind of watch him, a little bit during his time at MLB network before he got the Phillies job. And man, just listening to him talk about the game from a manager's perspective was really cool. But I think there'll be quite a few managerial openings. If not now, then after the, you know, after the season and he should definitely be a top candidate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it would be cool to see him catch on somewhere as a, as a broadcaster. Um, and I'm, I'm glad you brought up him, uh, him and the Yankees because he obviously had a, a ridiculously tall task and he had the task, you know, he had the challenge of filling, uh, 
the shoes of an absolute legend in Joe Torre. So um, all things considered, I think he did pretty well. Um, but I guess Philly just wasn't the right fit. And, uh, you know, hopefully he catches on somewhere else, um, you know, sooner rather than later. Uh, so the second, uh, boy, I'm looking at this now. I, we went kind of poll happy on Twitter. But um, the second one is a little bit of a more, uh, well, it's a little more controversial. It's a little more hypothetical. Um, not to go, I, I, not to go too, I don't want to go straight into politics or, or anything, but um, Carson, let's just say the Tampa Bay Rays are having a disagreement with the state of Florida. Um, and it's has stirred up or reinvigorated talk of the Rays relocating. Uh, so the poll we put up was if the Rays, if the Rays were going to move, uh, where should they relocate to? And with a whopping 60% Carson, and I gotta—I have to admit, this surprised the hell out of me. Uh, our fans voted for Nashville. Yeah, this was uh, quite surprising to me too. But at the same time, I think Nashville would be a fantastic baseball city. I mean, from everything that I've heard from friends who have visited there, like the nightlife and just the overall scene in Nashville of downtown and. Uh, obviously, you know, Nashville is a very big country music scene. I think Nashville would be a great place to have have a baseball team. And then you can go right from the game into downtown Nashville, go catch some some uh, country music, have have a few drinks, have a good time. But honestly, I'm with the 20 percent who voted for Montreal. Call me an oldie if you want. I want baseball back in Montreal and I don't care who knows it. Yeah, Um I have to go with, I'm going to go in the complete other direction and I'm going to go with Charlotte. Um, I've heard talk about, you know, there's been talk about a mem- uh, an MLB team in Charlotte for, you know, quite a while now. And I just, I don't know, something about, and I'm not saying it wouldn't work in Nashville, but something about baseball in Charlotte. I don't know. Something about that just makes sense to me. Um, as much as I do, I would love to see Montreal get another chance to have, you know, the Expos. Um, I don't know. Something, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. But doesn't something about baseball in Charlotte just seem to just seem to work? Yeah, and I mean, you know, Charlotte would effectively become a four-sport city. They've got Carolina. Well, the Carolina Hurricanes are technically, I believe, in Raleigh, but. You know, Carolina Panthers, Carolina Hurricanes, uh, the Charlotte Hornets, who are a young up and coming team. And then to have another, you know, to have a baseball team in there and all three of those teams already have success in Carolina. I mean, the Carolina Mm -hmm. Hurricanes attendance is just insane Mm -hmm. in a climate where you would not think that they would support hockey, but they they've got a passionate fan base. So if you're able to get fans tuned in there you will create a very passionate fan base in Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah. Charlotte's and I can, I can say from, from a uh, personal experience from having visited the Charlotte area, Charlotte's a Charlotte's an amazing city. Um, just a, just a really, just a really fantastic city with great people. And 
Um, I think they'd fully embrace uh, a major league baseball team the same way that they've embraced their other teams. Um, but I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm nostalgic though for the, uh, for the Montreal Expos. So um, again, all hypothetical, the Rays don't have any imminent plans to go anywhere. Although if they did, I don't think anybody could blame them considering how, how just abysmal the attendance at their, you know, at their games are so um and last but not least the last poll question that we've put up um this one's kind of you know just kind of a fun thing that we decided to put up um we asked uh what's your goal to go to ballpark food your goal to you know snack when you're at a ball game um and carson surprise surprise hot dog uh wins out with 66 percent yeah, um, not a surprise here at all. Um, I, If you guys follow me on Twitter, you know I tweeted out this poll and basically said, if your answer is not hot dog, I do not trust you. <laughs> and um, apologies to the 11% who picked sausage and the 22% who picked other. I'm hoping that was probably like nachos and cotton candy or something. But there's just something about having a hot dog at a ball game like, I don't know about you, AJ, but for me, hot dogs just taste better when I'm at a ballpark. Yes. As somebody who grew up on uh, on Fenway Franks um, going to Red Sox games. Yeah, I'm I am 100 percent in the hot dog camp, uh, although anyone who's ever been to Fenway knows that the world famous the sausage guy outside of Fenway has some pretty, uh, pretty delicious stuff, too. But um, Carson, what? Where is the love for pretzels? Zero percent. Nobody voted for pretzels. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a huge, I'm not a huge pretzel guy myself, so I can't necessarily argue this too much. But I thought there would at least be a little bit of love for pretzels. Pretzels do are a solid, a solid option if you're at a ballpark. But again, I mean, hot dog over rules all. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, just to kind of change gears uh, a little bit, um, Carson Joe Girardi, not the only manager fired uh, this past week. Um, oh boy, sorry, Angels fans. Um, but the Angels are in the midst of a 14 game losing streak. Um, and I believe I saw somewhere that that's the longest losing streak in their history. Um, so, uh, manager Joe Madden got the ax. Um, this, I think we can agree is the right move for the angels. Uh, yeah, there shouldn't be much debate over this one. Um, for you, you know, ladies and gentlemen, this old saying of, you know, did it hurt when you fell from heaven? Well, for these Los Angeles angels, yes, yes, it did. I mean, 14-game losing streak after we've been singing their praises on this podcast for how long? Uh-huh. And I even I even said on our last episode, I'm pretty uh-huh. sure I said that, you know, as much as I like seeing what I'm seeing from this Angels team, I've seen this movie before. They go on this hot streak, and then all of a sudden they just cool off, and this isn't even cooling off. This is like frozen in kryptonite Han Solo like help me like just sit like Mike Trout frozen in kryptonite 
as his teammates work to chisel him out as he's, I'm pretty sure, day-to-day with some sort of calf injury or something like that. Mm-hmm. But they're they're working to like chisel this man out to try and get him back on the field because this is this is not good news for the Angels at all in terms of playoff hopes. Yeah, there's there's cold and then there's whatever the Angels are right now. Um I I appreciate the reference. Uh and I really I'm I hate to do this. I hate to be that guy, but it's carbonite. I'm sorry. I just did I say car- kryptonite? Yes, yes, oh, you did. No. Oh no. <laughs> no. No. Uh and oh my god, no, it is carbonite. I should know yes. that. Oh. <laughs> uh apologies, Star Wars fans. Um <laughs> maybe I was thinking kryptonite because it's it's something that makes somebody weak, and this team is looking extremely weak. Yeah. Yeah, that's that actually makes sense. Um, no, nah, I mean, there's not like you said. There's really, you can, to a point, you can kind of debate the Phillies and and firing Joe Girardi. Um, there's a little gray area there, but with the Angels firing Joe Madden, there's no gray area. It's black and white, clear as crystal. Um, the team goes on a 14 game losing streak. Somebody's got to be held responsible, and uh, in this case, it was their manager. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Angel Hernandez is back in the news, and surprise, surprise, it's not for a good reason. Um, so in case you missed it, Angel Hernandez uh, filed a discrimination suit against Major League Baseball a while back. Um, basically accusing Major League Baseball of discriminating against him and other minorities uh, in the umpiring ranks. Um, and now uh, he's doubled down, Carson, and he's accused MLB of manipulating end-of-year reviews to make minority umpires look bad and prevent them from becoming crew chiefs. <sighs> Angel Hernandez is like that itch that won't go away, Carson. I just, I never thought that this was a sentence that I was going to say in my life, but oh boy, Angel Hernandez right now is like, let me put it this way. You know, I'm going to make a little pop culture reference here, but I promise I'll tie it back <laughs> in eventually. Uh, so, make sure you make the right one this time. <laughs> yes, but it's, it's okay. We'll go current events. This is more of a current events <laughs> thing, but. So um, the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp trial has just kind of wrapped up. And one of the things that came out of it was how Amber Heard is hurting uh, victims of sexual assault because it's already hard enough for them to be believed. Angel Hernandez is doing the same thing when it comes to minorities. And it's hard enough already in our culture for for a, for a lot of people, I think, to still recognize that racism is happening. But Angel Hernandez, let's just let's just call a spade a spade here. He just sucks. Like he's <laughs> he's not a good umpire. I don't understand how it's Angel Hernandez that is always the face of these umpire movements of oh, we're getting abused by the players. Oh, you know, minorities are getting 
you know, our end of year reviews are getting manipulated so we can't become crew chiefs. No, Angel, you can't become a crew chief because you just flat out suck. You can't do, <laughs> you can't call pitches behind the plate. You can't call plays at first base. You had how many plays get reviewed a few years ago in the World Series? Like, you're just not good at your job. I don't understand why you keep trying to make these kind of excuses and make these you know, make these claims. And obviously, you know, I don't know that this is false, but I'd like to think it's false because there are, I'm sure there are other minority umpires who do a fine job and are hopefully being considered for crew chief. But it's just tough for me to acknowledge it because it comes from Angel Hernandez, who has this reputation of one, not being very good at his job, two, not being well liked by players, and three, seeming to do this kind of thing thing and pull these kind of stunts all the time um well there you have it ladies and gentlemen uh carson God, has I hate this guy <laughs> um yeah i mean if i were if i were one of his fellow umpires which by the way uh i don't know how the hell this clown still has a job um i don't know how he's even still a major league umpire um, but if I were his fellow umpires, I got to be honest, I would be mad as hell. I would be pissed. I'd be I would be telling this dude to shut the hell up um, because he's making the rest of, you know, he's making the rest of the empires look bad. Um, listen, I'm no anyone who listens to the show with regularity knows that I am no great fan of Mr. Rob Manfred. Um, and. Rob Manfred may be a lot of things, and Major League Baseball obviously has its fair share of issues, but I'm sorry. There is 0% chance that this is true. Um, I just, there's just no way in hell. Um, this is just another case of Hernandez, like Carson said, trying to make excuses. Um, so, I, I don't know. I wish this dude would just go away. Um. Okay, on to a much lighter note. Great news, Mets fans. Max Scherzer and Jacob deGrom have both started throwing bullpen sessions. Um, obviously, there's still, you know, a ways to go in their, in their you know, recovery and, and before they're back on the mound for the Mets. But, Carson, I think the big question is, can the Mets hold on until these guys get back? I mean, they've they've done a pretty good job, I think, without them so far, right? True. Yeah. I mean, we we've talked about it. The the NL East for some reason right now is a pretty weak division, even though there are teams on the rise. Like I believe the Braves, the Braves are on a seven game winning streak. The Phillies are actually now on a six game winning streak, which is nice to see. Mm -hmm. Um, so you know, the the divisions the the teams behind them are catching up a little bit, but you know, it seems like the Mets are doing just fine. They still have a plus 64 run differential, which I believe is still third best in the in all of Major League Baseball. So, you know, it's it's great to see that these guys are starting to throw bullpen sessions, but I think the Mets have held on just fine without them, and they're only going to get stronger once they come back, and that should be scary for all of the all of Major League Baseball when these two get healthy. Yeah, I mean, this is obviously great news for Mets fans, but yeah, this is very bad news uh, for the rest, not only the rest of that division, but like you said, the rest of baseball, 
because with a healthy DeGrom and a healthy uh, Scherzer, um, I mean, I don't think it's ridiculous to say that the Mets are a World Series favorite with those guys in the rotation. Yeah, I think that would be a safe bet. I mean, they're certainly in the conversation. I still have the Dodgers personally, but uh, they, <sighs> they they certainly have been in the conversation, I think, since the very beginning, right? And we're going to get mm-hmm. into our NL All-Star picks in our final segment, and I've got I've got quite a few Mets, and that should... That should show you right there that the Mets have improved because normally you wouldn't have more than maybe one out of pity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm. This just makes me so happy uh, because, boy, Mets fans, uh, you guys have been through it and, and you absolutely, I can't think of a more, uh, I'm pressed to think of a more deserving fan base uh, you know, to, to have a, a, a championship caliber team um, than Mets fans. So, um, all right, let's take our first break. When we come back, we're really going to get into the meat of the potatoes here um, with our, we're going to pick our starters um, for the all-star game. Um, oh, by the way, the all the 2022 all-star ballot is now live. Uh, there's a link on our Twitter at eighth inning pod. So you can go over and cast your ballot. Um, when we come back, we're going to pick our AL all-star starters. And then later on our NL all-star starters and you don't want to miss it. Cause I'm sure uh, I am positive that we're going to have some um, <laughs> differences of opinion on these. So uh, yeah. Um, you're listening to the eighth inning stretch with AJ and Carson. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the eighth inning stretch with AJ and Carson. For all the latest updates, follow us on Twitter at eighth inning pod and visit our website at eighth inning slash podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to the eighth inning stretch with AJ and Carson. Uh into our middle segment. Uh and Carson, the day we've been waiting for is finally here. The all-star ballot is live. I don't know what it is, but I just I love drafting all-star ballots. It's so much fun because you really this is one of the things I think that causes the most debate among baseball fans, and it's just fantastic because we, Baseball fans, I think, have the most constructive of sports debates out of all the other fans. So when our all-star time comes around, we think about it with logic, and it's not a popularity contest at all. No, no, it's really not. And I think, um, I could be wrong, but I, I th- I'm pretty sure baseball is the only sport where the fans get to pick all the starters Um I don't I don't think any of the other sports do that. Um so not not in the way that baseball does. Um so yes, as I mentioned before the break, the All-Star ballot is live. Uh there's a link on our Twitter, which you can find at eighth inning pod. Um so you can click on over there and uh and cast your ballot for your all-star starters. Um and in case you're wondering. Uh, the starters for this year's All-Star Game will be announced on July 8th. So uh, stay tuned for that. 
Um, so we're going to start in the American League, and <laughs> we're going to try to do this. We're going to try to do this in a, um, well, in a comprehensive manner, but also in a way that, so this episode isn't three hours long. Um, so <laughs> bear with us. Um, Carson, why don't we start with your American League picks? Um, and I think what we'll, I think what we're going to do here is we're both kind of rattle through our lists and then, uh, talk about, you know, any of the, you know, any of the differences we might in our list we might have, and I'm sure there'll be some. Um, so let's start with the RL picks, uh, starting at first base, who you got? First base for me came down to a couple of a couple of different names. I mean, the I feel like first baseman in both leagues has been so good. Uh, but I opted to go for uh, Ty France of the Seattle Mariners. It just seems like he's been the most consistent offensive first baseman this year. And I think a lot of fans to vote for the all-star game based on offense. And it, it's not really too much about defense. So, yeah, I went with uh, Ty France for my pick. Okay. Um, yeah, just, uh, just, um, I get, yeah. Why don't you just, why don't you just roll through your, your whole lineup and then, and then we'll, we'll, I'll go through mine. Sounds good. All right. So first base, Ty France of the Seattle Mariners, uh, second base, Jose Altuve of the Houston Astros, third base, Rafael Devers of the Boston Red Sox, shortstop. Xander Bogarts, also of the Boston Red Sox. Uh, in the outfield, Aaron Judge of the New York Yankees. Mike Trout of the Los Angeles Angels, of course. As well as, I picked a little bit of a dark horse here, Taylor Ward of the Los Angeles Angels. Uh, catcher, I decided to go with, because I had to have at least one Twins vote in there, Gary Sanchez. And bo- and designated hitter, I went with J.D. Martinez of the Boston Red Sox. Um, wow, color me shocked. Uh, you have more Red Sox in your starting lineup than I do. Um, <laughs> wow, I did not see that coming. Um, and if you had to pick, if you had to pick a starting pitcher for the American League, um, who who do you think you might go with? If I had to pick a starting pitcher, um, even though he got shellacked by my twins the other night, uh, I'll go with Nestor Cortez of the hmm. New York Yankees. He's just been on a roll this year. He has. Yeah, that's a solid pick. Um, Ty France. Uh, well, let me go through. Let, let me go through my lineup and then we can, uh, you know we can discuss uh my american league all-star starters uh starting at first base i have vlad guerrero jr of the toronto blue jays uh at second base i have andres jimenez of the team formerly known as the cleveland indians uh third base jose ramirez also of the team formerly known as the indians uh shortstop i went with a homer pick i went with xander bogarts um Catcher, I also went with a homer pick. I went with my boy, Christian Vasquez. Um, my outfield, uh, a no-brainer, Aaron Judge of the Yankees. Another no-brainer, Mike Trout of the Angels. 
Um, my third outfielder, Carson, you're going to like this one. I went with your man, Byron Buxton. Um, okay. Disclaimer, my designated hitter pick. Um, I was tempted to go with JD Martinez. Um, call me sentimental, but I went with Miguel Cabrera of the Detroit Tigers, Mm. even though, yes, I can hear you all groaning. I know his numbers aren't, you know, well, let's be honest. His numbers aren't, you know, the best, Um, but a bit of a sentimental pick there. Um, And then if I were pressed to name a starting pitcher for the American League, um, I think I got to go Justin Verlander with his 2.13 ERA and his seven wins so far. But I thought he was an injury risk, AJ. Another sentimental pick, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I want to see Verlander on the mound in the All-Star game again. Um, so, um, yeah. Okay, so, well, go ahead. I, I'm curious. If if Miguel Cabrera was a sentimental pick, if, if mm-hmm. you put aside the sentimentality of that pick, who would you have gone with it as your DH? Probably J.D. Martinez. Okay. Yeah. Um, because I think, I mean, obviously, you know, like I said, Martinez, I mean, Martinez is, well, he's having a JD Martinez type season. So, um, but Ty France, (laughs) Ty France over Guerrero Jr. That, that intrigues me. Yes. So I battled between these two back and forth for quite a while but it just seems like to me by by Vladimir Guerrero Jr's standards it just seems like he's kind of had a slow start to the season and has had you know there have been other pieces in Toronto to kind of pick up the slack right now but Ty France has been on an absolute tear uh a 327 batting average 402 on base percentage 491 slugging percentage Mm. um i believe i don't know if he still does but i believe at one point he led all american league first baseman in hits and rbi i don't know if he still does he currently has uh 38 rbi and 74 hits Mm. um but i believe he leads still in both of those categories so for for me that was kind of the thing that tipped the scales in uh, in ty's favor um yeah i mean there's no denying francis had a is having a fantastic season um my other <laughs> my other sticking point um and trust me i am not complaining that you picked rafi devers but even as the diehard Red Sox fan that I am, Devers over Jose Ramirez. Jose Ramirez is just lighting the world on fire this year. I know it was when I tell you that 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 was the hardest position to try and figure out who I wanted to put as my starter. That was the hardest position was between those two. I mean, both have just been absolute dynamos this year Mm. um i mean devers devers is having a great year but one thing that really stuck out to me too was he has 23 doubles 
which I think is a fairly impressive stat. Uh, and a 603 slugging percentage. I mean, he's just been mashing the ball like crazy. It was just, it was hard for me to think that he wouldn't have a spot if I didn't put him here. So mm. I, because he very much deserves to be there. But oh my goodness, it, I could have, I would be happy either way if I had picked Devers or Ramirez. There was really, I don't think, any wrong answer between those two. Yeah, I think it's probably a safe. I think it's probably safe to say that both of them will be in the All Star game. Um, I think it'll probably just come down to you know who's the starter versus who's on the bench. And honestly, um, yeah, that's a bit of a coin flip. Uh, I mean. 23 doubles you said for Devers yeah it's pretty impressive for well I mean a dude his size you know he's a big dude um so that's that's pretty damn impressive um yeah I I have I'm I'm sorry fellow Red Sox fans but I have to admit I didn't I didn't waffle on this one as much as Carson did um I mean, Jose Ramirez is just, like I said, he's just lighting the world on fire this year. Um, a 9.99 OPS, uh, 14 homers and 54 RBIs. I mean, I don't know, really know what, what, what else to be said about that. Um, Carson, I don't know about you, but I was a bit, once I finished my picks, I was a bit surprised by the, uh, the teams represented um, I mean, let's see. I've got the Blue Jays. I've got two of the Cleveland Guardians, two Red Sox, a Yankee, an Angel, a Twin, a Tiger, and an Astro. Um, I don't know about you, but I was a bit surprised at myself that I didn't have more Yankees. Yeah, as was I. I've got, I've got certainly an interesting. I've got a Mariner, an Astro. I've got three Red Sox, two Angels, uh, a Yankee, and a Twin. But as long as we're shifting gears here a little bit to your ballot, mm-hmm. please walk me through how you came to the conclusion of Andres Jimenez over Jose Altuve. Um, yeah, that's um, and and of course now I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but I don't know. I Altuve. You know what? Bear with me a second, ladies and gentlemen, because now I now I need to pull this up. Um, let's see where. Um, let me see here. <clears throat> because Altuve's all right, Carson. Do you have do you have Altuve's numbers handy? I have Jimenez's numbers handy. I do not have Altuve's. Okay. Uh, give me one sec. Let me see if I can maybe. Okay. I've got the, here, I've got the ballot here in front of me. Okay. So who's a Jose Altuve? Uh, let me sort this by OPS because that's how I picked or that's how I sorted. Um, wow. Ty France with an 893. That's, uh, that's impressive. Um, what am I looking at? No, I want second baseman. Yeah, here we go. Okay, so, all right, here we go. 
Uh, Jose Altuve, a 280 average, 11 homers, 19 RBIs, 885 OPS. Okay. Andres Jimenez, a 310 batting average, only seven home runs, so a few fewer home runs than Altuve, uh, but 30 RBIs. So he's got 11 more RBIs than Altuve, and their OPS is identical at 885. Uh, that is how I made the choice between Jimenez and Altuve. Fair enough, fair enough. If you're if you're picking off of OPS and that was your main factor, that that makes sense. It just it feels like he's a name that I haven't really heard a lot a lot about in terms of an all-star ballot. Like even even doing some research into what other baseball writers thought of. I didn't see his name pop up very often. I don't even know if his name popped up once. So I was just Well, I guess surprised. that makes I guess that makes me a visionary. Um <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, honestly, I hadn't heard of him. I didn't recognize the name either when I when I pulled up the ballot. Um, you know, because I mean, just looking at this at the second baseman ballot, you've got Altuve, you got Trevor Story, uh, you know, Tor Glaber Torres. You know, there's some Adam Frazier. You know, there's some there's some big names on this. You know, obviously because it's an all star ballot. Um, but I don't know. I, I just feel like, and let's be honest, Altuve will probably end up getting the pick because Astros fans will vote as many times as they possibly can um, to get Altuve in there. And I mean, that's not to say Altuve doesn't deserve to be there. He's obviously a fantastic second baseman. Um, but, um, you know, that's kind of where I came down on that. Um, let's see. Do we have any other... Uh, do we have any other uh, sort of sticking points? Um, I'm surprised you didn't say anything about me picking Taylor Ward for my outfield. You know what? I honestly, I did it first. He was my initial pick. Um, or Gary Sanchez for my catcher. No, I think Sanchez is a solid pick. Um, Vasquez was a bit of a homer pick, I'll admit. Um, I mean, he is having a fantastic you know, he's having a great year. He's, uh, he's a, you know, he's a big piece for the Red Sox, um, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I actually did pick Taylor Ward initially. And then let's see, I crossed him out and I put, and I put Mike Trout there. Um, I'll be honest. I don't remember why I did that, but, um, yeah, I think other than, now the Sanchez that I see. No, I mean you you made a you made a you made a great case for all your picks for all the you know the picks that we differed on. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just really like I thought I would end up with like three or four Yankees. I mean because they're you know obviously having such a great year. Yeah, I'm pretty surprised too that I didn't have more, but. That's just that just goes to show how how incredible this how incredible this year has been the amount of depth that can be considered. That's true. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, still completely blown away that you have more Red Sox on yours than I do. But uh, um, did you did you consider Trevor Story for second base at all? 
he was he was certainly considered, but I didn't have nearly as much debate with that one as I did for Devers versus Ramirez. Mm. Yeah, it'll be it'll be really interesting to see because, uh, like I said, I mean, I think it's a pretty safe bet that Devers and Ramirez are both going to be on the All Star team. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see um, to see how that shakes out in, in terms of who gets you know the starting nod. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, that is our American League All-Star starter picks. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to dive into the National League. Um, and I'm 99.999% sure that I've got one pick on here that's going to uh, blow Carson's mind. So uh, you don't want to miss that. Get listening to the eighth inning stretch with AJ and Carson. We'll be right back. You're listening to the eighth inning stretch with AJ and Carson. For all the latest updates, follow us on Twitter at eighth inning pod and visit our website at eighth inning slash podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the eighth inning stretch with AJ and Carson. Uh, <laughs> Here we are again into our third and final segment. Um, we are making our uh, picks for all-star starters um, because Carson, believe it or not, the all-star game is right around the corner. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Uh, and I mean, for me personally, I don't know about you, AJ, but I enjoy the base, the MLB all-star game, I think more than any other all-star game. I mean, something, something about it just, seems to make sense i guess i mean all the other all-star games clearly nobody's really trying but it feels like Mm. in in the in the uh, mlb all-star game it feels like guys are still kind of trying to compete which is nice well and i uh yeah and i and i know that the i mean obviously the nhl all-star game has been around quite a while too but um I've always felt like part of the part of the charm of the major of the MLB All-Star game is it just feels like it's so it's just so steeped in history and tradition. And yeah, it's just I don't know. You're right. Something about it just feels right. Um, And I think the other thing is, for the most part, um, MLB hasn't really the other the other sports have, you know, really have tweaked and and messed with the formats and everything but the nlb all-star game is still pretty much the same as it's always been yeah and i think to i think too when they i think did the mlb all-star game or am i getting my all-star games mixed up did the mlb all-star game determine where a t- where a World Series was going to be played first in which... Um, which yes. Game? Okay. After the absolute debacle that was the 2002 All-Star game, uh, which was played in Milwaukee um, and presided over by Bud Selig, uh, yeah, the 2002 All-Star game ended in a tie. Um because both teams essentially ran out of players. Um, and so uh, the following year, I think, baseball approved the change um, 
that the winner, the winning league of the World Series, whoever represented the American League or the National League in the World Series would uh, earn home field advantage if they won the All-Star game. That doesn't, that's been taken out of effect. Um, it was, it was kind of a cool gimmick, but I'm kind of, I'm glad it's, uh, I'm glad they got rid of that. Um, and actually I was just looking at, uh, the list of the four, you know, major, um, all-star games and baseball is in fact the oldest one. It started in 1933. Um, let's see. Baseball started in 1933. NBA started in 1951. Okay. Uh, NHL started in 1947. And uh, the NFL started the the All-Star Game Pro Bowl thing in 1938. Yeah, so baseball's been around the longest. Um, but yeah, the baseball All-Star Game and the Home Run Derby. Um, it's just such a, it's just an awesome way to celebrate, you know, summer and, and, and celebrate baseball. Um, okay, so we're into our National League picks. Um, Carson, I'll let you go first because I'm 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 holding a uh, I'm holding a bit of a bombshell over here. So uh, why don't you give us your your picks, your NL picks first? You think you're holding a bombshell? I'm about to drop one right here. Oh My first base pick for the National League is C.J. Crone of the Colorado Rockies. My second base pick was Jazz Chisholm of the Miami Marlins. Third base, I have Manny Machado of the San Diego Padres. Shortstop, I had Trey Turner of the Los Angeles Dodgers. My outfield, starting with Starling Marte of the New York Mets. Brandon Nimmo, also of the New York Mets. Mookie Betts of the Los Angeles Dodgers. At catcher, I have Wilson Contreras of the Chicago Cubs. And at designated hitter, I have Bryce Harper of the Philadelphia Phillies. Sorry, who was your catcher? Wilson Contreras. Contreras. Okay. Um, wow. I think my first and second base were back-to-back bombshells. Uh, I'll be honest. I fully expected you to go with your beloved Freddie Freeman at first base. <sighs> Freddie was certainly in the conversation. Yeah. Um, but, uh, okay, we'll get to the CJ Cron thing here in a second, because I'm, <laughs> I'm still processing. Uh, okay. <laughs> wow. You just made, you just made friends with Rockies fans everywhere. Um. I got you, Rockies fans. Let's go. CJ Cron. He, he's probably the only one of them that will even sniff the All-Star game. Um, Okay. First baseman uh, from the New York Mets, Pete Alonzo. Uh, second baseman from the defending world champion Atlanta Braves, Ozzie Albies. Third baseman from the St. Louis Cardinals, Nolan Arenado. Shortstop from the Milwaukee Brewers, Willie Adamas. Catcher from the ugh, Los Angeles Dodgers, Will Smith. Uh, my outfield... Um, Formerly of the Dodgers, currently of the Giants, Mr. Jock Peterson. Um, formerly of the Red Sox, currently of the Phillies, Mr. Kyle Schwarber. Uh, 
Um, uh, my third and final outfielder from my San Diego Padres, Mr. Jerickson Profar. My designated hitter, the one and only Albert Pujols. Uh, and if I were pressed to pick a starting pitcher, um, I would go with Mr. Joe Musgrove, also of my San Diego Padres, who currently has the best ERA in all of the National League uh, at 1.64. Huh. I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a guess here because all of those are solid picks. I'm assuming Jurix and Profar was the bombshell. Um no, actually my bombshell was Pete Alonzo and not picking Freddie Freeman. Oh. Um but yeah, Profar is Profar is a is a bombshell too, I suppose. I mean um, Pete Alonzo is a solid pick to me. Like that's that's, that's a true. Great pick. But like I said, I thought for sure that you were going to pick Freddie Freeman. Um, so the fact that you picked CJ Cron, that just what? I don't know. I just I had okay. So I had four first basemen that I was going between essentially: Cron, Pete Alonso, uh. Who are my other two? Freddie Freeman, obviously. And the last one, I'm trying to remember who was uh Goldschmidt. Yes, thank you. Couldn't remember his name for a second. Um, mm. yes, those were kind of the four that I was going between. Um, for me, I was looking more into offense. Um, and compared to the other three, for me, Goldschmidt just doesn't really stack up. He's having a great defensive year. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, the other three were better offensively. But let me tell you this between those three, like with Ramirez and Devers, you could mm-hmm. honestly move any of them into the starter spot and I'd be happy. It was that close. I mean, but for me, it was, I guess it was more of a sentimental thing like CJ Crone has just gone kind of bounced around team to team, never really stuck anywhere. And finally has been able to kind of granted, this is also in a hitter friendly park in course field, but has finally kind of been able to bring out one of these incredible all-star worthy years. And I guess, I guess in, in retrospect, maybe it was more of a sentimental pick too, because he was a former twin and it's kind of cool for me to see him do well because his tenure with the twins wasn't the greatest thing in the world, but maybe it was a sentimental pick. If I was, if I suppose too, I should also mention, uh, since you did, if I was hard pressed, uh, to pick a starting pitcher, um, I would go probably here's another bombshell probably for you. Pablo Lopez of the Miami Marlins. The dude has been on an absolute tear this season. Uh, 2.18 ERA, 2.18 ERA, which I believe is third in the National League. I mean, this dude kind of came out of nowhere. So um, for me, he would be my pitcher, followed very closely by a few, including Tony Gonsolin of the Dodgers. Just wanted to put that out there. But yeah, uh, going back to CJ Crone, maybe it was more of a sentimental thing, but yeah, he's... I mean... Okay. His numbers, his numbers are solid. Um, 
and I think maybe I probably scanned over him uh, because of, you know, he has he's in the unfortunate situation of playing for the Rockies. Um, let's see here. Um, let's see, Manny Machado. Yeah, I mean, I really can't. I really can't find fault with any of your picks for the National League. Um, admittedly, Crone is a bit of a head scratcher, but uh, but I, I can see it. Um, thoughts on uh, Mookie Betts not making my starters? I was certainly surprised, especially when you picked Jerkson Profar over him. <laughs> Even though Jerks and Profar may be one of the greatest names ever in sports. Oh yeah. But I was I was a bit surprised, but at the same time, you know, he's having a heck of a year out there in San Diego. But yeah, that one that one kind of puzzled me that he got in over Mookie. Especially um, Mookie's a former Red Sox. Uh yeah. Emphasis on former. Oh, come on now. Um I'll be perfectly honest, when when Mookie made his, you know, uh, his demand for all that money and whatever, uh, my first reaction was, I'll help him pack. Um, because the Red Sox don't do well with those, you know, uh, the Red Sox don't do that. I mean, they still, obviously, they still sign players to big contracts, but their track record with signing big name players to big contracts isn't the greatest. Um, I think we all remember uh, what happened in 2012. Um, yes, I'm talking to you, Pablo Sandoval. Um, anywho, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, Betts is, you know, I mean, Mookie is Mookie. Um, 16 homers, 39 RBIs, 926 OPS. Um, kind of surprised neither. Uh, neither one of us went with Ronald Acuna Jr. Um, or Juan Soto. Did did either one of those guys uh make your radar? Juan Soto was on my radar. Hmm. Um, in retrospect, maybe he could have probably gotten in over maybe Nimmo, but hmm. um. Acuna for me didn't really come on my radar just because of the injury. Mm -hmm. um, kind of took kind of took him out of the running for me personally. Yeah. Um, you know, plus even then, like if he got injured, I'd rather almost not see him in the All Star game so he can recoup, which is also partly the right. reason why. As much as I love that you picked Byron Buxton, I don't know if I want to see him starting in the All Star <laughs> game. We need that man healthy. Right. Um. So I made a <laughs> my American League picks. My I made a couple sentimental picks. My sentimental pick being Miguel Cabrera, um, and I kind of did the same thing at the NL with an obviously sentimental pick for Albert Pujols. Yeah, but I mean that's a you know I don't really have an issue with that. I guess, but if. Again, I'll ask you the same question as I did with Miguel Cabrera. If if he was your sentimental pick 
in your logical pick, who would you have gone with at DH? Um, honestly, I probably would have gone Harper uh, with Bryce Harper because, I mean, you know, he's Bryce Harper and he's, I mean, 15 home runs, 45 RBIs. You know, he's having another typical season for um, for Harper. Uh, and I'll be honest, nobody else really... Harper obviously jumped out at me, and then, uh, you know, I looked at Pujols, and, I mean, it's no secret, this is this is Albert's last season. Um, and call me a softie, but I would just, I want to see him out there on the field for a hit. For an all-star game for you know one last time plus it'd be really cool to see him play it in dodger stadium where he did spend some time that's true yeah that's true um kind of a shame that the all-star game's not in st louis that would be kind of a storybook ending but uh you know that is what it is um so those are our picks for the all-star starters um again the ballot is live uh, you can find a link on our Twitter at eighth inning pod. Um, and just for the record, yes, you can vote multiple times. Um, but call me a traditionalist. I remember the days when the ballots were actual paper ballots and you could only yeah. vote once. Um, I remember actually going, getting the all-star ballots at Fenway. Um, so uh just you know don't don't spam the all-star ballot you know vote once um and apparently the the ballot the things are a little different this year so this this uh from from now until june 30th and then there's another round of voting july 5th july 8th and then the starters will be announced on july 8th um so uh, stay tuned for that, and I'm sure uh, Carson and I will have um, thoughts about when the actual All-Star starters are announced. Um, so into parting thoughts we go. Uh, Carson, your must-watch games this weekend. Well, as usual, AJ, I'm going to start things off with uh, my Tankathon series <laughs> of the episode. Um, for this episode... Boy, if we got a barn burner, the Baltimore Orioles and the Kansas City Royals oh, God. have a series this weekend. So there you go. There is uh there is ah. Carson's there's Carson's tankathon series uh, of the weekend. Um, but other series I'll be very interested in this one for obvious reasons. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays and the Minnesota Twins. Um, that should be a good series, and I'm very excited. I get to go to the first game. That is tomorrow. Nice. Um, so I will. I am very excited for that, and hopefully they win. That would be nice. Um, other series I'm looking into. There's not a whole lot of really good series right now, um, except for the Dodgers and the Giants, which is phenomenal. Obviously, two very good teams. Um, but I guess another series that could be kind of a wild card, uh, the Red Sox and the Mariners. Obviously, mm. the Mariners have kind of been struggling a little bit. Um, I'll be tuning in, especially, you know, considering what we've talked about um, 
already in this episode, I'll be very interested to see this Mets and Angels series to see if uh, the Angels can maybe get back on track against the Mets, although I don't see it happening. But um, yeah, I guess those are kind of my big my big three and then my tankathon for uh, for this weekend. Yeah, I was I confess myself kind of disappointed when I looked at this weekend's schedule. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, obviously the, the Rays and the Twins, that's a big one. Um, uh, the Twins are, you know, sitting in first in the AL Central. The Rays are uh, locked in a, in a battle for, well, let's be honest, what's turning out to be a battle for second place in the, in the AL East. Um, and then Dodgers Giants, obviously, NOS rivalry, playoff rematch from last year. Um, the Dodgers are in first place. They're five and a half games up on the Giants. The Giants have faded a little bit, um, but they're still right there in the thick of that crazy NL West. Um, and yes, obviously, I'm going to be paying close attention to the, the Red Sox and the Mariners. Um, boy. Uh, that initial World Series pick of the Mariners is not looking good right now. Um, but uh, I guess good news for the Red Sox because they're, you know, finally back above 500 and seem to be headed in the right direction. Um, so those are our must-watch games. Uh, Carson, what do you got for us in your in your last little monologue here this time? Uh, this time around, I'm actually going to go with a story that we uh, were talking a little bit before we started re- recording the the show. I have no idea what Tony Larusa is doing at this point. Um, in case you guys don't know, for those who are listening, um, today, in fact, today being uh, Thursday for us, so I guess yesterday for you guys when you listen to this on Friday when it comes out. Um, but in the game against the Dodgers for the White Sox, uh, Trey Turner was at the plate and had a one-two count. And um, with a one-two count, one ball, one st- or two strikes, uh, Tony Larusa decided to intentionally walk Trey Turner uh, to pick, pitch to Max Muncie, who then proceeded to hit a three-run homer, by the way. I just, I don't understand what Tony Larusa is doing anymore. It feels like he's still trying to use these old baseball tactics from when he was a really good manager, but <laughs> those don't really work in the tw- in in the twenty uh, twenties. So those don't really work this decade, Tony. So um, I don't know if you need to brush out your baseball encyclopedia or maybe do a little research or really anything better than what you're doing right now because. I, I don't understand what he's doing. And as a Twins fan, I'm very happy about that. Yeah, it seems like um, I, 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 I can. I like the uh, I like that when he was a really good manager uh, translation, when Tony of the Russo was was uh, still relevant um, back in his glory days with the Cardinals. Um, or maybe even further back than that. Um, yeah, that's, that's definitely a head scratcher. Um, I literally, I think we talked about this before we started recording. I literally saw that on Twitter just before we came on. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. That is definitely a head scratcher. Um, and it obviously came back to bite them. So um, I don't know. Just keep doing you, I guess, Tony. Um, so I don't really have a, I don't really have a centralized, um, you know, centralized idea for my parting thoughts. Just um, so we obviously uh, didn't put it on an episode on Monday. Um, I took the weekend off. I uh, I went camping for a couple days in the just beautiful, breathtaking amazing Rocky mountains, uh, you know, with some friends and it kind of got me to thinking that, you know, our lives are, our lives are just, our lives are so hectic and we're always on the go and we're, you know, most of the time we're working or, you know, we're just go, go, go. Um, things just, and, so to be able to take a couple days and uh, for all intents and purposes go off the grid um, because I, where I was, I had zero cell, cell phone service. And before getting up there, I was kind of like, oh, man, you know, I'm not going to have cell phone service. You know, this is going to be, you know, whatever. And um, but I got to tell you guys, um, being off the grid for a couple of days and being in just such a um being in such a beautiful place and and you know so peaceful and so serene you know no people no traffic no sirens no work no phone constantly going off every 2 seconds um it was it was so refreshing and so liberating and um and it really got me to thinking that sometimes you just need to take a break. Um, whether it's, you know, getting away for a couple of days or turning your phone off for a few hours or, or, or anything, anything, whatever it is, whatever it is you do to, to unwind and decompress and relax, you know, do it, you know, even if it's, whether it's for a couple hours or a couple days or whatever, or, you know, if you, if you feel you need a, if you feel you need a mental health day, you know, take a day off from work. Um, because while we're all running around and go, go, go constantly and caught up in this, you know, this rat race and this grind, um, you know, at some point you're going to, you're going to look up and, and realize that, you know, that life is kind of passed you by. Um, because like I've said before, you know, none of us, none of us get off this crazy ride alive. So, um, you know, I guess, I guess what I'm getting at is, is take the time to stop and smell the roses. Um, or if I may be permitted to quote one of my favorite movies of all time, uh, the great Ferris Bueller's day off, you know, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. So I guess that's where I'm at. Um, well said. Thank you. Um, Carson, that brings us to the end of another episode. Indeed it does. Crazy, crazy. 
These things just fly by. Um, uh, thank you all, as always, for all your support and for listening. Uh, check us out at anchor.fm slash eighth where you can listen to the show, check out our website, check out our Twitter, um, which you can find us at, at eighth inning pod on Twitter. Um, support us on Patreon if you're so inclined. Um, it's which you can find us at patreon.com slash eighth inning stretch. And don't forget to check out our awesome sponsors at Printer Dudes. Uh, you can find them at printerdudes.etsy.com um, and check out their just crazy, awesome selection of 3D printed gifts and collectibles. Um, and you can use promo code home run. Uh, that's one word to save 10% off your order. Um, that's printerdudes.etsy.com. Dudes is spelled D O D S. And that's all we got for you. Uh, Carson, say goodbye to the lovely people. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Love you guys as always. And uh, we'll see you on Monday. Yeah, everybody have an awesome weekend. Uh, if you're in one of the parts of the country that's supposed to um, be. Uh, burdened by this oppressive heat the next few days, you know, just stay safe, stay cool. Um, and we'll talk to you guys on Monday. You've been listening to the eighth inning stretch with AJ and Carson. Thanks for tuning in for all the latest updates. Follow us on Twitter at eighth inning pod and visit our website at eighth inning stretch dot slash podcast.